The Rod and Staff podcast comes out of the host's passion for Christ and his church. It exists to encourage a deeper engagement with issues that pertain to doctrine and life. Check us out at rodandstaff.org. Welcome to this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast. I'm your host, Jason, along with my co-host and good friend, uh, Roger. And uh, we are doing our first annual post-Valentine's Day special. And we're going to do a, an episode all about singleness, relationships, and marriage with our resident marriage expert, Dr. Roger Baidamian. So, uh, Doc, are you ready for this? <laughs> if you're ready, Reverend <laughs> Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> this is, uh, you know, we, we thought it'd be a, a fun uh, episode to, to think about some things uh, related to, to marriage and also uh, singleness. Uh, knowing that, uh, you know, this is a time of year that, you know, even, even during COVID that people are thinking about this stuff and uh, maybe have some fun thinking through different aspects of marriage and uh, getting a glimpse into kind of the day-to-day married life for some that, you know, you and I know some young people that are planning to get married even this year. And, uh, and then of course we want to think about singleness too, that um, is a status that a lot of people have and are called to and, uh, you know, there's nothing deficient about that. And so how does that all work in the life of the church? So with, with that, Roger, sorry, Dr. Bairamian, um, l- let's start out with, with this. Um, before you got married, um, where, where do you think you got your understanding of marriage from? Hmm. Well, I definitely didn't get it from my family because um, I came from a broken home. So my parents got divorced when I was <clears throat> very young. Um, so I didn't see any kind of examples from home. So the only other place uh, to get it was from the culture around me. Mm. Movies, TV, music, school, friends, everything you can think of around you was kind of how I got the concept. Or, or the belief structure that shaped my own understanding uh, growing up. So that was a real solid view of marriage that you had going in, I'm sure. Absolutely. I was an expert by the time I got married. <laughs> <laughs> let me, let me ask you this question. Did you, had you ever seen the movie Jerry Maguire? No, no. I don't think I, I don't think I ever watched it with my wife, but. Okay. Uh, yeah. Cause it says you complete me. That's where that, that famous line comes from. I thought that maybe. Yeah. That's where you got your marriage understanding from. Yeah. But, but you, you hit a good point. Uh, a lot of us, whether married or single, get our impression of married life from sources that may not be the most mm-hmm. reliable. Uh, you know, we get this Hollywood impression. Like, what is the Hollywood version of, of marriage? Yeah, and I think that, we, we see it uh, and hear it all around us. And probably the main, main emphasis is romantic love, right? You have yeah. this passionate romantic love that brings two people together and that just completes the other person and it lasts forever kind of thing. Um, and so the basis is, is 
and also in a way it's it's that self-fulfillment that the marriage yeah. is fulfilling you and your own desires and your own wants um, yeah. not to say you don't receive many benefits from marriage but that becomes kind of the focal point i think to describe it how about you, you any other things that you see well i was thinking about uh, some of the things that, that frustrate <clears throat> me about the hollywood uh, kind of rendition of marriage is that those movies that you see where you know there'll be this uh, kind of this split love, you know, the, this woman who loves these two men and then finally leaves one to go to the mm-hmm. other. And that's the, the real fulfillment. That's the soulmate or, or something like that, as though that's what, you know, marriage is about. And, and again, like you said, it's a very selfish version of things. It's very temporary. It's very um, feelings oriented. How does it make me feel? How do I feel in that moment? You know, I, I hate the phrase, I fell in love uh, because it just implies you can fall out of love. Mm-hmm. Yep. Just this, this real um, strange, uh, at least foreign to a biblical love uh, kind of understanding. I guess with, with, with that in mind, let, let's, let's kind of dig a little bit uh, deeper into this. So if the Hollywood version of feelings and and kind of selfish desires uh, fall in fall out of love is not right. Uh, where where are we? I mean, obviously the scriptures. We want to go to scripture yeah. to find uh, a biblical a good sense of what marriage is. But what are some of the things that are really clear contrasts with the world's kind of love that we as Christians should be thinking and pursuing? So I think if you think of the foundation of a, a Christian marriage, of course, it's founded on our relationship with Christ and that sacrificial relationship um, that he loved us and therefore we can love others. But there's the commitment aspect, yes. which is not based on if I feel something. And that commitment is that commitment to future love of that person and providing for the other person. So it's others focused as Christ loved us and he sacrificed for us. We're called to that uh, in our relationship and in our marriage. Um, And so I think that's the strong contrast based on romantic love versus commitment to love the other person. Yeah. And that takes the focus off of yourself and on what you're providing for that other person, which flows from your relationship from Christ to be able to do that. Now, we, of course, get in the center of that. And that's when we get uh, a lot of our conflict arises, right? Because we naturally are thinking about ourselves. And so, yeah. um, I mean, how often have we in, in <laughs> some marital counseling together? Uh, you know, with different couples coming in with, with various trials and struggles they're going through. And how often do we hear, well, she did this to me and, and, or he's done that. And, and I'm not happy in this marriage. And I, you know, it's so self-centered the way we viewed marriage based on what the world's taught us. You use an interesting phrase. You said future love is that or future commitment or future Mm -hmm. love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can, you, can you just parse that just a little bit so we get a sense of what that is? Yeah, I think I picked it up from Tim Keller's book, uh, his book on the meaning of marriage. And he emphasized a point that when you're making that marriage vow, it's a given that you have present love for the other person. It's passionate. It's there. 
Yeah. Um, but when you're making that commitment and the vow, that's for the future. That's not for the moment. You yeah. already love the person, but are you going to love them tomorrow when they are not as lovable as that moment when those initial romantic feelings start to wear down and life starts to just become routine? That commitment yeah. is when that plays into part. And it's a commitment not to the other person, it's to the Lord to yeah. love that other person and, and how sacred that vow really is and how little we think about it. It's just, you know, even when you're in that moment, your, your mind isn't thinking of that, but the yeah. reality is that's, that's how we should view it if we want to have the, the long-term aspect of, of our marriage relationships. And, and that, that makes sense, especially when you think about in, in, uh, in our culture, in our background, you know, as Armenians, uh, we've, I've seen uh, in a know of marriages that were, were uh, arranged, they were set up. Mm-hmm. Uh, some, in some cases, I, I remember being told that they didn't want to be married, you know, to each other when they were, or they want to be set up, but they were set up and that was arranged and the families did that. And, yeah. and uh, but then they had this long, wonderful, happy, stable marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't about even the, I mean, imagine there's, there was no romantic love there. Mm-hmm. And it kind of reminds me of if any of you have uh, seen the movie Fiddler on the Roof, uh, it's it's that way. You know, there's the matchmaker, and and but the the two, the mom and dad have a, a moment where they sing the song. You know, do you love me? And they're like, well, 25 years I've been doing all this stuff. I guess I guess I do love you. You know, because <laughs> <laughs> love is that that the action that covenant commitment that caring. You, you talked about you know what am I doing for the other, mm-hmm. and and I guess. Um, let's, let's take a little detour here and, and talk a little bit about, uh, our, our dear, uh, single brothers and sisters, because they, they might listen to a, a podcast like this and go, great, I'm going to skip this one and mm-hmm. uh, move to the next one. Cause <laughs> this is not, it's not for me. Right. Yeah. Um, but how does this whole discussion of marriage is not about romance how is that helpful to, or, or, I mean, how does that help a single person? As they're thinking, uh, whether you know they're thinking about marriage in the future or not, what, what's how do we talk to our our dear single brothers and sisters about uh, this idea of the world's view is so messed up? Yeah, I I, I think I'd I'd maybe want to focus on the concept of, that we hear around us that marriage completes us, yeah. as if marriage is so connected to our identity that we're not a complete person, that we can't truly be fulfilled in Christ and be identified with Christ unless we have that other person. And I think that's a, that's a wrong view because even in marriage, we can have that wrong view of that identity of being married and we're forgetting, no, your, your true identity first is being in Christ yeah. And you are married, you're in Christ and you're single, you're in Christ and, and whatever you do, we talk about this with like vocation um, and, and other things that we, we attach ourselves to. So I think the danger is when we attach ourselves to it, then that be, can become idolatrous. Either we want it so much that that is something that we think is going to give us what we're longing for, 
but it can't. Uh, another person can't yeah. truly fulfill you. They can bring so many blessings. We don't want to say marriage isn't a great institution that God gave us and a great blessing, but our ultimate fulfillment's found in Christ, and we want all believers to know that. Exactly. And, and 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 really, right? If you're not if you're not fulfilled in Christ, think about the the danger that brings into a marriage yeah. <clears throat> when you're seeking that other person to to give you so much, and that other person can't. Mm-hmm. Right? What it, it, you know when you think of marriage and you think of some of those those I guess common myths or maybe those things you think marriage is going to provide. What, what are some of those lessons maybe you've learned of, okay, that's not what marriage is supposed to provide for me that I thought it might. Yeah. I mean, I, we think that marriage, I mean, there's a lot of things we think marriage is going to provide for us, uh, I- including this like perfect companionship. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reality is even with that marital relationship, uh, the deepest marital relationship, the, uh, the uh, best relationship. <laughs> Sorry, there's some uh, distractions back here. <laughs> Next uh, episode is on kids. <laughs> yeah, it needs to be. <laughs> uh, e- even with those yeah. best of relationships, that companionship is is never perfect and perfectly mm-hmm. fulfilling. Yeah. It can't be because Christ is the one who fulfills us. And so when we're when we're looking for any kind of fulfillment, even in, in, in the sense of, okay, a partner, a companion, uh, we're just going to be disappointed unless we're, we're looking at it through a biblical lens that there's a, a, a fallible partner, a partner who I know is going to mess up, but together we're going to journey toward Christ. You know, I think that might be a, a better version of that I was talking to some uh, couples recently or, individual married and single individuals, the married ones said, man, I, I wish people realized not that they were saying it about their own marriage, but they said, I wish we real, the people that are single and frustrated with their being single, I wish they realized that what's worse is marrying the wrong person. Hmm. And I thought, well, yeah, I mean, that, that's true. Uh, if you, if you have this view of marriage that it's going to fulfill me and then you get tr- married to someone because you're hoping I mean, that could be so disappointing and devastating to you. And then what are you going to look for your way out? And that's what Hollywood teaches us, right? Or the culture around us teaches us is yep. that if, if you're not fulfilled, if you're not happy, if that person's making life miserable, go find somebody else. Because you deserve to be happy. Yeah. Right. Because, yeah, that becomes the ultimate uh, goal. In a sense of marriage, is we're seeking we're seeking happiness, and and it's not wrong to be to to be happy. We're, you know, it's when it's sure. become such a idol in our life, where we think that something in this creation can give us consistent happiness and never let us down. That's yeah. the false reality. Is sure it brings you tons of happiness, but the reality is there's challenges in marriage in any marriage, every marriage. I mean, no marriage is perfect and just has no problems or conflict. Um, well, but, yeah, go ahead. I wanted to go back to the singleness for a minute and just, yeah. you know, kind of dig deeper into to maybe what, 
you know, if, if there may be a, a, an ideal that even, even we hear in the church of what, what we, you know, what our status should be that maybe makes those who are single feel left out or, or, and, or at the same time, is a church doing a good job fulfilling what that partner may fulfill in a sense of that 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 deep intimate friendships for yeah. those person who doesn't have a, a companion in marriage Let, let's let's answer the second part first no i don't think the church <laughs> is doing a very good job um at that i think that what the impression is um that to be complete to be a full-fledged member of the body of Christ. You have to be a married member of the body of Christ and generally even with children. I think that even married couples that don't have children feel um, a little less um, a part of the body. I, I don't know if, if that's, I just, this is what people have shared with me. And definitely those who are not married wonder, especially as they're getting a little older. So if they're in the college group, college early career group, you know, that, that may not, you know, they're still looking, there's still, there's still time. Uh, mm-hmm. As soon as they start getting to a certain age where, you know, singleness may not be in the, you know, for them temporary, uh, suddenly they start wondering, where do I fit in? Hmm. Do I, do I have a role to play in this church? And, and I've been talking to some of my brothers and sisters about this recently. And that's one of the big, the, the word that some of them used that they're looking for is belonging. And I thought that was an interesting word. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you make of that? Yeah. I, I, I think maybe we do a disservice if we segregate people or separate people into groups, you know, here we have kind of the singles groups or we have those who aren't married, the unmarried, you know, or we have the married, the couples group, we kind of make people feel like there's places they're supposed to fit in instead of all of us fitting in together. That, that, that's, that identity is not what makes us fit in with one another or makes us useful to the Lord. Mm -hmm. It's our status in the Lord and that he uses us, whether we're single or married for different purposes. And, you know, and both of them have their pros and cons of how we can be used by the Lord. It, right. it's, it's seeing how the Lord and is leading that person, but having that sense seems to be more of a looking down on people, which shouldn't be there. It should be more of welcoming and saying, Hey, how can you, you know, be part of our family in a sense of we're yeah. the family of Christ. So we spend time with one another. It's not about, you know, are you married and how many kids do you have? <laughs> you know, it's, it's that's right. Hey, we share Christ together, you know, we- uh, there, we, we share Christ and um, and relationships. We we need to we need to go beyond this idea that the only r- really meaningful relationship is marriage, mm-hmm. right? We, we need yeah. to be developing strong bonds with brothers and sisters in Christ in the church, serving side by side. I think honestly, we probably need to see more homes opened to. Uh, single and uh, you know, m- married people to spend more time together doing life. I know in our church, we try to build that through the community groups, but I'm talking even more daily life. I've been thinking about that quite a bit. Um, you know, reading some people on, on the topic of hospitality mm. um, where, you know, 
you, you allow people to just be involved in each other's lives. And that's where, and they, they can see then their belonging. They can see then their giftedness uh, that comes together with other people's giftedness. And so it's not just about, and it should never be about marital status. It should be about status in Christ um, and, and being together, serving, et cetera. Uh, I, I know we, we went off on a little bit of a tangent there uh, with our post-Valentine special here, but um, it's an important topic. Maybe we, we got to cover that one on its own sometime. Yeah. Let's, let's push back on, on Valentine stuff here. Um, just, it's going to sound funny. Uh, marriage and sanctification. <laughs> this is talked about yeah. a lot. Okay. So we're talking about the relationship shouldn't be self-centered. It shouldn't be at the romantic love only. And it's about commitment and covenant and all those things. Well, if that's the case, what do you say to, to Gary Thomas's subtitle of one of his books where he says, what if God designed marriage to make us holy more than to make us happy? What's the role of uh, marriage in our sanctification? Yeah, I remember reading that book and that that title or that subtitle has always stuck with me. You know, it's just one of those memorable phase, phrases that you remember. Um, I think we can fall into uh, not an extreme, but maybe an overemphasis mm. on that part of it, because then we can take the the kind maybe the bliss out of marriage and make it mm. very mechanical as okay. God designed this institution to sanctify you. Therefore, it's only if you're married, you're really sanctified. Right. <laughs> or let's take the romance out of marriage and it's just going to show you how, how much you need to grow. I think it's just a natural outworking though of marriage. You yeah. think about it, you're next to a person all the time. Mm-hmm. And that person is like a mirror that reveals yourself to you naturally and it just naturally happens and yeah. it's one tool in god's big toolbox yeah. to help us grow and there are some things that are just emphasized more like i think i've heard almost every married couple say i didn't realize how selfish i was till i got married mm-hmm. because you have more opportunities to reveal your selfishness to another person you can't get away with it that person yeah. is going is right there with you where when you're when you don't have it. So it gives you more opportunities to see yourself in a new light, but it's just one tool. Yeah. And, and that's not the end of marriage. I don't think that's the ultimate goal of, okay, God designed this. So you can be sanctified because then we leave out an entire, again, we're, we're separating and saying this is so much greater than, you know, maybe if you're single or, I mean, we have people who are divorced. We have people who are sure. widows. That's right. And yeah. they're in different places in their lives and, and God is doing different things in all of those different areas. But, but as you think about that, you know, and you think about how it does make us in a sense, uh, not make us holy, but uh, reveals used, used by God. Yeah. To make yeah. us holy. Yeah. I mean, what would you say other than the, the selfishness? I think, you know, we hear a lot. Are there any other things you really yeah. learned about yourself? I think, you know, so you, you learn, you learn, like you said, the selfishness aspect, but you also learn um, that you might be pretty set in your ways. Mm. Uh, you, you learn that you're not nearly as flexible as you think you you were. Uh, we've had some really funny experiences in our marriage where, um, you know, her family did it one way. My family did it a different mm. way. 
And I just thought my family did it the right way. I thought that was just the way it was. That's the right way. And so, so when she started doing it the way her family did it, I'm like, what, what are you doing? Like, that's just so wrong. How childish of you or something, you know? Like, and then I realized, oh, wait, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm the crazy one. Um, uh, so, you know, there, there's so lack of flexibility. Um, I, I also realized uh, um, there, there, I don't know. There's really no way, better way to put it. I realize how crazy I am. Um, as I, as I uh, interacted with my wife and I realized sometimes my thought process uh, wasn't very balanced yeah. and it was really helpful to have another person who I could trust, who would be real open with me and tell me, uh, yeah, that that's not exactly a good way of thinking. Uh, or you're probably missing <laughs> something here. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that she was always that nice about it, but <clears throat> you know, most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> so those are some things, uh, yeah, that I feel like I learned about myself. Um, any, anything more on that that you'd like to add? Any dirt that you want to give us about your? I mean, uh, about yourself. Uh, <laughs> no, I think that over time you learn, you keep learning more about yourself, yeah. and sometimes you even get comfortable. And that's where it becomes dangerous because then you, you allow yourself to, um, you, you kind of justify your own faults, even though, you know, they're obvious. The other, you know, my wife knows they're obvious. You, you justify them, you ignore them. You don't address them with the intensity mm-hmm. that should be, um, addressed, but you just realize different things about yourself and, you know, expectations, desires, those start to come out. And what I realize is that it's not always things that are wrong. They may be good desires, but you just, they're, they're becoming ruling desires of the heart or expectations that you just think I can't live without this, or I want this. And, and you just, I I think I'm just learning more and more about my wants and desires um, that are wayward and rebellious that the Lord reveals through being married long, you know, longer. It's, it's really fascinating. I mean, I think, I think whatever our status is, whether we're married, we're single, uh, married for a long time, a short period of time, divorced, I think all of these things, um, the Lord uses to reveal things about our own hearts, just who we are. And if we're listening to God's word carefully, uh, we'll find that uh, we have a lot of uh, misplaced desires, misplaced hopes, mm-hmm. um, misplaced expectations. Um, and so, you know, with, with this whole Valentine stuff that comes and goes every year. And, you know, sometimes I, I see people kind of go through really tough time around this, this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and for both, I I've seen married couples struggle at this time because they're not happy where they are. Mm. Um, and, and you've got the, the singles that often are, are not happy because of their, where they are. And it just pushes us to go, okay, Lord, why, what am I, what, what am I not happy about? Yeah. What did I want? What did I desire? And w- why isn't, um, the Lord sufficient for me, so to speak, right? I don't want to make it that easy. I'm not, you know, yeah. uh, but it just helps us to really evaluate this time of year. And and when people are out there, you know, the world's doing its version of things, we should be kind of 
trying to do the, the, the biblical version of things and remind ourselves. Do you, do you have any thoughts as we wrap up? I know this unorthodox version of our show, just to chat a little bit about this topic, anything that you wanted to? Yeah. Yeah. I think along those lines of what you're saying, it's also, it's also realizing that in the sovereignty of God, that we haven't made a mistake if we're going through difficulties or struggles um, that are bringing us to our knees, that God's working and God's word does provide hope and help for wherever we find ourselves um, struggling in marriage. Not, not that everything's to be solved quickly or not that we're not going to uh, wrestle with things, but God's word helps us and reorients us and gives us that strength yeah. um, to continue to, to address um, you know, whatever is going on in our marriage. So just remembering there, there's help and hope because as we said, no marriage is perfect. And um, you know, we'll be the first to say that we have to keep working and keep trusting the Lord because it's really, he's the one our hope is not the other person. Um, and if you're single that, that, you know, the Lord is still your ultimate hope, um, not another person. Um, yeah. Yeah. It it reminds me of, uh, just some thoughts that I've, I've had in the past as I think about, um, those who are married and those who are single, uh, those who are, are married, you know, they've got, uh, a certain responsibility often to their own family. You know, Paul talks about the, the, the responsibilities they have at home. And, and then the, the, those who are, are single have uh, a certain responsibility with their freedom uh, mm-hmm. to go out and serve the Lord. Yeah. And so w- w- the, the goal for all of us uh, ought to be both to glorify and enjoy uh, the Lord uh, forever. And so we can yeah. do that as married or single on uh, Valentine's and after Valentine's. So I <laughs> uh, hope you enjoyed this uh, brief little chit chat on uh, this post Valentine special. And I uh, hope you'll join us again next time. If you enjoyed this episode of the Rod and Staff podcast, please subscribe and share with others. For more information or to contact the host with questions or comments, please send email correspondence to feedback at rodnstaff.org. That is feedback at rod, the letter N, staff.org.